remember that even just honoring those small acts like making a cup of tea or getting ourselves dressed if we can slow down and honor those with intention then it becomes ritual and ceremony in our daily lives which for me has brought so much more like joy and presence into my life and into my existence here Hello, hello, and welcome to the Heart of the Soul podcast or Earthing Nova on YouTube if you're watching this. Um, This is a place where we remember what it means to be wild women walking upon this earth, sharing our voices and stories of birth, life, and death, connecting on that which unites us, honoring each other's differences, um today is gonna be a little impromptu mini-sode it's january 6th 2023 i'm in my little traveling tiny home in mississippi and i have my new mic rolling and we just got our new like little internet server so i'm hoping that my little glitches and audio and such are a thing of the past so I'm excited to be testing it out and I have a little sacred time on my own here so I'm just I just recorded another episode and now I'm feeling inspired to record just like this little episode um I'm gonna do a little card pull for this full moon and might even probably publish this like out of order of the other ones that I have. I'll be published this in the next day or two. And um, I'm also going to speak a little bit about birthing Nova and the sistership work that I do with women. It's, it can be really hard. People often ask me like, what is like the sistership or mentorship work like? And um, yeah, what is it? What do you do? And I feel like it can be hard to put into words. I've written myself some notes, but I'm also just going to try and speak a little freely about it, um, about what the work looks like. It's so hard because it's unique to each woman and where you're at in your journey and life and the path you've walked, you know, up until that point that we begin um, working together. So, but before I begin, I have this deck of cards. It's the moon deck here by, let's see, I should say, oh, written by Aaron Lee and illustrated by Andrea Kesh, however you pronounce that. Oh, I'm backwards right now. Sorry about that. So when I show you the cards, it's going to be a reflection, but hopefully you'll understand um, enough here. So it's a full moon, the first full moon of 2023. So I'm just feeling that like it would feel good to maybe do a three card pull where I do one card for the past, one card for 2022, one card for the present, like this January month, and one card for um, this next year of 2023. Of course, I don't expect this card pull to be for the whole world. I anticipate that these messages will be aligned with myself and with you people that are soaking in this um, this reading. Whoever is drawn to listen or watch this 
this episode. So, hmm. all right, it's 2022. I know it was a really hard year for a lot of people. It was definitely a hard year for me and lots of like unexpected twists and turns and yeah, an unfolding that was, yeah, just so not what I thought 2022 was going to be. Okay. So for 2022, I pulled the card. I shed habits that hinder my truth. I release and renew. So it's this snake card, this snake in the moon. And so that actually feels like pretty on point. Like last year was sort of this more dark energy. I noticed that the that the snake is in this figure of eight pattern, the infinity symbol as well, its little body. And there's roses there, like bringing some warmth. Um, that feels like, yes, this is the past and let's let's shed this year of 2022, honor what it brought to our lives, the truths that it revealed, um, the habits that we're letting go of that we practiced and had in 2022. And yeah, let's let those go. And now for the present drop. Oh, I love how the sun is just, the sun has just kind of like peeked around this curtain that I have here, which is creating this beautiful light experience in front of me um, along the side of my screen. I have my little beautiful goddess. I love her with me. Another goddess was ready to release her. And so I purchased her from, um, from a friend in on a full moon circle that I'm a part of. And I just love this like earth mama vibe that this has this, you know, as women, we birth the world literally, and we come from the earth and we are the earth. I love how she is the earth, just like we are the earth. We're just standing above and someday we will return to below when our bodies, when we die and our bodies are no longer embodied by our souls. Okay, so present this January, energy for January. It's feeling, I'm feeling hopeful and positive so far. I'm also in my ovulatory phase of my cycle. So this is a really good time for me to be recording these podcasts. Other times in my cycle, it's uh, a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I pulled the 19 card and it says, now is the time to integrate all that I have gathered. And she is like holding this like spiral light and this woman is crouched down to the earth and she has a moon on her crown. This definitely, I feel aligned with this. I don't know about you, but I feel, I feel that I'm like, yeah, integrating the past year and, um, moving closer to the earth, closer to the moon cycle. And um, 
I love that she's like holding this light in her hands. I feel that in this month, it's like, yeah, this season of new beginnings and like it says, integration, um, sort of letting it all soak in and permeate my being all that 2022 was, um, releasing and integrating. Like I talked about my birthday experience and the ghost ranch experience. I definitely feel like I'm still integrating those, uh, but they're so continue to be impactful and beautiful. All right. And now 2023. Oh, what it feels like this one wants to come out. Ooh, it says movement awakens my creative spirit. Movement awakens my creative spirit. It has this beautiful woman spiraling, dancing with her hands up towards a full moon on this full moon day. And I feel like movement can mean many things like movement, like physically moving our body. I definitely have been leaning into wanting to consciously move this physical body that I have more this next year. And it can also be, I feel like it's also speaking to movement towards, um, towards the people that we want to be, towards the women that we are birthing ourselves anew into. I've been really leaning into this awareness of cycle of rebirth that we have. You know, yearly there's a cycle of rebirth and, um, you know, they talk about a seven year cycle, but I feel like there's also, we also have many cycles. Like our bleeding cycle is also a rebirth each month. And so I feel like each of these cycles is an opportunity to move closer to the women that we are becoming as change is always changing. It never stops. We never stop changing. We never stop growing. We never stop shifting and um and if we try to remain the same, I mean, that's just like not even, it's not, I feel like it's not even possible. I'm not the woman that I was at the beginning of 2022. Just like I'm not the woman that I was when I was 10 years old or 22 years old. Now I've gathered 40 years here on this earth in this body. And uh, this is you know, an invitation to, it's so funny because what I'm going to be talking about is like creation as well. And I would love to invite you to not overthink your creativity, to like embrace it and honor it and notice it. Notice where your creativity is showing up in your life. I feel like these days it can be like, you know, if someone talks about you needing to be like more creative or there's an invitation to be more creative or do a creative thing to create a piece of art or a meal or a piece of writing that that can feel a little intimidating but if we can remember that like creation is our state of being especially as women like each month that we are cycling and bleeding and ovulating an egg each month our body creates this little egg this ovum that is ready to be released into our womb space each month without us even having to think about it 
And each month also offers the opportunity to release in our bleed, in our cycle that we are releasing. So we have this like birth of new life of possibility that then um, if it's not um, met with the seed of a male, of a man, then that egg dies and then is released with our blood. So we as women are creatures of both life and death and birth and rebirth. Um, And so I invite you to maybe notice where creativity is showing up in your life and lean into the possibilities of creativity and creation uh, whether that is a, a meal that you're making and think of it more as a creation rather than a making, like making of the meal, like just change out the term and be like, I am creating this meal tonight. I am creating this salad with these ingredients and put some intention and ritual and ceremony into it. And even if it's a cup of tea, like adding the water with the herbs, you are creating something new that that those herbs by themselves, the dry herbs and the water by itself is not a cup of tea. So you create, you craft that cup of tea. And if you add honey, milk, or however it is you choose to, or enjoy partaking in that tea, I just want to remind you that that is creation, that you are creation. When you Uh, an assembly of clothing on yourself in the morning. You are creating an ensemble, an outfit, uh, a look, and have fun with it and play with it and honor that you are creating. And then take the opportunity to expand that into um, more, into bigger ways. And also just remember that even just honoring those small acts like making a cup of tea or getting ourselves dressed if we can slow down and honor those with intention then it becomes ritual and ceremony in our daily lives which for me has brought so much more like joy and presence into my life and into my existence here on this earth and in this time of such like a fast paced world where everything is quick and now and um, cookie cutter, like just give yourself the permission to be unique and different that which is who you are already and just honor that. And that's my invitation for this year. Um, for you to awaken that creative spirit within you and move towards that, whatever that looks like, even if it's just a little bit, maybe it just means putting on a different necklace or pair of earrings, or maybe it means um, when you address a card to someone, you put a little heart on the back or a star or something but make your mark on this world. You are important and you are beautiful and you are creative. All right. So I feel like that's complete for this card reading. I hope that something is there for you that you can take with you and that feels um, connecting to your soul and your heart. Um, Now I'm going to just take some time to talk a little bit about my my website and the work that I do, my website and the name. So 
So first I created a business called Earthing Nova. And for me, this meant like a grounding light, a guiding light. This because Nova is like a star, a sun, a light. And earthing to me, it was like, is like grounding and um, being with the earth, being connected, sort of like when I feel into, um, I love doing like meditations or not necessarily formal meditations, just that's the only word that I can think of that um, most people would know what I mean when I say that. But when I like envision, when I take time to envision myself connecting to the earth where I am, and then also up to the cosmos, it's like that, um, that never ending figure of eight and those polarities like birth and death and light and dark, male, female, um, so that was my my first business that I created. And there I did, um, I created handcrafted um, body oils and soaps and bath bombs and also did sistership work. So I called it like soaps and sistership, where I started my mentorship work with women several years ago. And then I just felt like I wanted to birth something anew. And then I shifted my website to this other one called Birthing Nova. And I always have them the dot love because be love has been my mantra for like 15 years now. And it just, it's a phrase that found me to, of being the love. And that is what I want to spread in this world. That's what I want to embody in this life is love. And I want to spread it to others and I want to light you up with it. And I want you to feel my love. I want the whole world to feel love. I feel like if the whole world felt love and in this deep way that like the world would be transformed. Each human is transformed by love. Like what we want most is to be loved. Um, so, so yeah, so I created this website, Birthing Nova, where like I was speaking to a little bit earlier, I have really, as I have gathered 40 years now, like each, you know, decade is so significant and um, things shift and change and I continue to change. But I, last year in 2022, like the re, the, the thing that kept, um, the whisper that kept um, coming to me from spirit, from source was like the message of rebirth and that we are always like in this process of rebirthing, whether that's like a certain aspect of ourselves or we feel like it's our whole self. I mean, like I said, on my birthday, we had this whole rebirthing ritual and it felt like a, a personal rebirth and also like a collective rebirth within this four, 14 women that I had the honor of being present with and doing this ceremony with. Um, but I also like in 2022, there were times where I like, I felt like I should be like publishing more podcasts or doing more work on my website or doing, doing, doing these certain things. And I just did not have the energy for it. I didn't have the energy. I just wanted, I felt like I wasn't ready to share with words. I also feel really called to write more this year. So I feel like that is in my future this year. I'm going to start blogging some more and maybe writing emails to my, um, to my email list, to those of you that are subscribed. Thank you for subscribing 
And I look forward to connecting with you more through emails this next year. Um, but I felt like I got, I, even though like the brain part of me and the, the world part of me felt like I should be doing these things. When I leaned into my actual self, I felt like I just needed to, to stay more cocooned. Like I was still in the like chrysalis stage in that moment in time that I needed to be alone and in the darkness and with myself and um, even a period of time where like, you know, I love, there's so many podcasts that I love. It's why I've created my own podcast. Um, but I even like stopped listening to other people's content because I didn't want to be influenced by them. I wanted to really turn inwards, which is a lot of the work that I do with women is like, you know, we live in this world where you can Google anything and get any answer that you want really. And you can, you'll get any number of answers, a whole spectrum of them but I don't really find that useful. I find that, you know, yes, it can be good to reach out to maybe wise and trusted people in our lives and sometimes the internet, uh, but it can, it's a really important practice to turn inwards and recognize that the biggest, an the answers to your biggest questions are probably inside of you. And although we can look outside of ourselves for the possibility of different answers, that even if you soak those in, that then it's really important to take time to feel into your own knowing. Because you know, you know. So yeah, if you're listening or watching this, you are likely a woman. And if you are a woman, then you have a female body and a female nervous system which shape the way you both have experienced life through your physical body and form. Female nervous systems react differently to males. Uh, the levels of estrogen in our body change the way that we are uh, we react chemically and socially to other experiences and those around us. Um, and it also being female, being a woman affects the way the world around us treats us. And what they expect from us, you know, we've grown up as um, being told to be good girls and to be quiet and that certain behaviors are acceptable and other ones are not. And um, we are, we have been sexualized from a very young age, um, which I'm not actually going to go in depth about that right now, but it just, it shifts and changes the fabric of our being. And if anyone tells you differently, I just don't believe it. <laughs> um, of course, this is my truth in this moment and it might shift and change over time, but I work exclusively with women who are motivated to deepen their self-reflection, explore the inner desires of their unique heart and soul. The life that I lead is not the same life that would be most nourishing, uplifting, um, helpful. I can't think of a better word. I want to use a better word right now and I can't think of it, but like, I don't want women to like live my life and what I want for my life. I want women, women to find their own 
expression of what their life that feels most aligned to them is. So I inspire and guide women to find and express their own voice, their the deepest desires of their own heart and soul to live out their values. I offer new language that can help define their becoming. Because if we don't have the language to name some, it's like, I don't know, Brene Brown talks about this a lot. Also, um, Robin Wall Kimmer and Radiant Sweetgrass, like without the language, it's it doesn't, it's like this concept that isn't even a, con- like language matters. And so having the words to describe the woman that you are, the woman you're becoming are important. I remind women that they have the power to transform their own life towards their visions. I hold space and witness you, encourage you as you rebirth yourselves anew over and over again, supporting you through conscious dialogue, somatic experiencing tools and practices. Uh, We'll co-create ceremony and ritual to move through, you know, potential past traumatic experiences or grief. Also, I love using um, ritual and ceremony to honor different aspects of our life that we want to celebrate, honor, move towards, move with. Um, you know, this type of sistership is for you if you're wanting to go deep and learn intuitive embodiment practices. Um, if you want to honor yourself and your life's path that has brought you like to this moment when we meet, um, and to self-reflect on those things that you want to let go of and also self-reflection of the things that you want to carry with you forward and help you to step into a life more aligned with your unique values. I will be there alongside you, a knowing sister who has walked this path before you and continues to walk this path. As you transform and rebirth anew, I'll witness, like I said, I'll witness you, hold space for you, help you create the space for this in your life through, we do video, um, I do virtual gatherings, and I love to work with people if possible in person, but I have really found the virtual gatherings, like I have had huge impact with my mentors virtually, and I think it's a beautiful tool that we have. I also offer, as part of my offerings, we do voice messaging support between our sessions. So like we'll have these video sessions where we like get to the meat of it or we'll co-create or plan um, a ceremony or ritual to do in this virtual manner. Uh, And then voice messaging support between those gatherings so that as things come up in your daily life or you have reflections or questions, we can go back and forth through voice messaging in in our daily lives. Because I'm also a mother and I really want to spend time with my kids as well. So I have, you know, a small amount of time that I dedicate to this work with women. Uh, but then I can, but I can do these short voice messages throughout my daily life. And I really love that dialogue between women. So we'll co-create the these like sacred experiences as you gain the confidence to create them on your own and to step more forward on your path on your own it'll be a remembering of your wild soul and of all those that have walked on this very earth before you before us for time beyond time beyond time like we don't even you know people have been here for so many generations 
And even if we don't know their names, they have lived here on this earth and in the cosmos. And together we'll practice how one can like feel into your body, into your other ways of knowing. Uh, right now in this culture, like in um, colonized school and education, we're taught mostly just to like think with our mind and to do standardized tests. And so I will invite you to feel into these other ways of knowing these palpable energetic senses, your visions, your inspirations, your intuition, what you see in your mind's eye, what you hear in your mind's ears, what you know in your heart and your soul, what you feel in your body and sense, what you sense and feel in your body using your nervous system and um, these other tools that you might not have practiced using before so that you can feel more at home and centered. So yeah, that's a little bit about the the work that I do with women. I call it sistership um, because I want you to feel like I'm a sister walking alongside of you, that I'm not like this authority above you. I'm a tool. I'm someone that you can look to for some guidance, but you are your own best guide. And if you feel drawn to me, like if you feel aligned with me, that's awesome. Like if you want to book yourself a free clarity call, I do free 50 minute clarity calls um, so that we can interact one on one to see if you and I both feel aligned in the um, in live time. And I'm working on rewriting my offerings. So if what I have listed as offerings on my website doesn't quite align with what you're looking for from me, from me, I will, I also create special packages for people. So please don't be shy. Just reach out through email or book yourself a clarity call and we'll figure it out from there. And I really, I've seen how transformative and impactful that this um, sistership can be for other women. So I just, I want it to be accessible to all of you that feel drawn to me. So know that I have payment plans and partial scholarships available. And I'm also really open to creative forms of reciprocity. Hey, okay. So this might feel a little bit abrupt, um, of a transition here because I recorded most of this uh, video slash recording yesterday on the full moon. And now it's the next day, the 7th of January, 2023. And I, after finishing recording last night, I realized oh, I should have like added more on my notes to talk a bit about my own experience in life, professional and personal, and how they brought me to this work and how this foundation has formed the ways that I offer the services um, that I just finished speaking about. So I sort of like closed the episode, but I'm going to like cut some of the ending off and add this in here. So if you're watching on YouTube, it's pretty obvious because I'm wearing a different shirt and um, the lighting is quite different now. It's like evening time here where I am. Uh, but I want to, I didn't want to just publish that. I wanted to add this, um, what feels like a more complete picture for whoever might be listening to this down the road because I got get lots of emails and questions from women saying like what is the work like what is it like to work with you so that's why I wanted to like kind of do this whole episode this beginning part that I already recorded 
And I also want to add this other layer, like on my website, I have, you know, that I've done these different things, but it's different to hear someone speak to it. So I'm going to speak to some of these aspects of these last 40 years of my life and how they brought me to um, this way and practice and way of being with women in my um, life, in my sistership on birthing Nova. So I hope that this is helpful to you if you're curious about potentially working with me and um, it will help you to understand who I am, where I've come from and why you might want to like listen to me and work with me or learn something from me. So so I, from a very young child, I... I loved babies. I loved birthing women. I mothered all the littles in my neighborhood, all the little people in my life would hold and carry the babies. Always knew I wanted to be a mom. Uh, so for me, like, even though, so a lot of the women that I work with is during the times around birth because birth is, you know, one of those most transformational experiences of um, a woman's life if they choose or are able to or, you know, walk that path of motherhood. And each birth is a transformation. But I work with women. I have mainly worked with women in the seasons of pregnancy, birth and mothering. But as um, I've grown and as my I don't know, as my circle of women has grown, I have gotten more requests to work with women outside of that, you know, younger women or older women that are um, nearing menopause, even though that's not something that I've gone through. I still have women reach out to me wanting me to work with them, even if they're not in these seasons. Uh, but of course, for some women, this season spans decades, you know, depending and, and, if once you've had a baby, you're always postpartum, like you're never not a mom. So mothering and the season, like may, matrescence, that experience is different across time and changes as our children change and as we change. So again, let me circle back to my personal experiences. Like I said, I always wanted to be a mom. Um, and I am a Scorpio. And I am like learning more about that as I grow older and uh, finding just how it makes sense, these different careers and different um, experiences that I've been drawn to and the ones that I've had personally in my life. Uh, so the first big, like, I would say the biggest, like transformative experience of my life, the first one that I can really like when people ask, like, what changed you? was my first big experience with death. You know, my, my grandmother did die when I was in junior high, my grandma India, but I, and I loved her and I still, you know, love her in spirit, but I didn't get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time or time with her just in general in the flesh because she lived in a different state than us. And although I was sad, it was a different experience of death for me. It wasn't it wasn't that big transformational experience the way. So the big transformational experience for me with death was with um, a man named Bjorn. And he was my first love. Uh, 
And it was definitely, it was a, you know, I have a whole episode about it where I share some of the stories of that experience and that love and our relationship across time. Uh, But he had multiple myeloma lymphoma and he died just almost one, two years to the day from when he was diagnosed. And he was 26 years old and I was 25 years old. You know, I feel like in your young, my young twenties, I like thought I was old or thought I was grown up, you know, but now I look back at my twenties and I was, you know, so I have so much compassion for my young 20 something self, even though I have also had moments of like, you know, what was I thinking with this and that? And like, I wish I wouldn't have done those things and wish I would have done more of these things. But so where am I going with this? So his death was like a huge transformation for me in my young 20s when myself and my peers, a lot of us really still felt so, um, what's the word, like invisible and we're not considering our own mortality in that time in our lives. So really being faced with it, like in that big way, I was present when he took his last breath. My In the end, it turned out that it was just his mother and me that were present when he took those last breaths and witnessing his body, witnessing his body while it was, when it was embodied, when his soul was there. And then moments later when it was no, when his body no longer had breath, like I just, now I even like looking back, I so understand how important breath is because without breath, we are not alive and we are not animate. And, um, you know, his soul then left his body and his, but the shell was left, um, that then returned to the earth. He donated his body to science and, I know that it's buried somewhere in this like medical field of bodies and has returned to the earth. But my experience witnessing his death and um, having that, you know, that presence, you know how when you're with someone, you feel you feel their presence. And when they walk out of the room or leave to go somewhere else, it's different. And I experienced feeling his presence again, even when his body wasn't there. And that was like a whole opening into the spiritual realm that I was not um, aware of. I grew up in a family that wasn't spiritual or religious. I did get really deep into Christianity for a period of time in my um, late teens and early 20s. Uh, but this really opened my mind to the spiritual realm and transformed my life and the way that I continue to live my life. It um, helps me to be more brave. It helped me to love more, love deeper, love better. It, um, you know, his presence in my life has really taught me to embrace each day and each moment because we just don't know what's going to happen. I tell people that I love them really freely and easily um, because I don't know if I'm going to get the opportunity again. So that was my first, first really big transformative experience. I went to college. I got a degree in sociology. During that whole time, I was babysitting and nanny, and I started babysitting, had a regular babysitting job when I was like in fifth or sixth grade, for these two kids down the street. 
a couple hours after school, three days a week. Um, I remember my next door neighbor when I was, I think, 10 or less. They had three under three. And I just thought that was the funnest thing to go over and take care of these three little people that were less than three years old. So I just, I loved babies. I was, I would read parenting magazines, baby magazines, all sorts of things. So I have just been learning and experiencing mothering and witnessing other women mother in different ways and taking what I really loved and leaving what I didn't, um, witnessing different ways of discipline, different ways of feeding our babies and children, different, just all sorts of different parenting styles. So I got a degree in sociology because I love also the study of like people and cultures. Like there have always been fascinating to me. I love the movie Babies where it goes through these four different babies around the world and showing how their first year of life is so different. Uh, check that one out if that sounds interesting to you. And through that whole time, I nannied and babysat throughout my whole college experience and then I had always wanted to live abroad. So I got a job as a jeune fille au père, a nanny in France. And I was a nanny in France for a year, which was a lovely experience to get to live abroad in that way, in a place with a different language and travel to some other countries with them. Uh, we went to Switzerland and Spain. I went to Israel. Um, yeah. So I also did get to travel some when I was younger. So I just love this whole experience of witnessing the the spectrum of normal and realizing that normal is like inherent to also like where you're lit, where you're living and also like your family unit. And for me, it's really been like in my thirties where I have unpacked and realized that just because my parents did it this way, doesn't mean that's the way that I have to do my life. And I grew up as being like a super good girl, a quiet good girl who wanted to please all the authority figures and especially my parents. And it's really been a transition to being okay with making decisions that they're not okay with um, because they're true to my values and it's okay that my values aren't exactly what their values are. So I did this year abroad. I ended this year with El Camino de Santiago, the 500-mile pilgrimage across Spain, which was another beautiful experience with lots of humans from different parts of the world, getting to interact and talk with them as we walk and walk and walk these miles and miles each day. I just love that experience and would love to do um, a similar walk or something like that again someday. And then I decided to go to nursing school and I got a degree in nursing. I just felt like I wanted to be in a helping profession. I sort of knew that, but I didn't really know what that could look like or would look like. And I was encouraged to go into nursing. Bjorn was one of those people who said like I would be a great nurse. So that was, I just sort of like followed that thread and that path. And um, when I was in nursing school, I got a job as a birthing assistant with a local practice of midwives in Wenatchee, Washington that did home birth and birth center births. And that's when I first started attending births. And that was like 15 years ago or something now. So that was really beautiful. And 
I was grateful to start attending births in that way. I had been invited to one of their births, but then it wound up being out of town when that birth occurred. So I didn't get to witness that birth. So I witnessed many, many births during um, those few years in nursing school. And also when I started practicing as an RN, I continued to also do birth assisting work on my time off with the same practice of midwives. And I worked on a few different floors in this hospital and including I did postpartum care. So I didn't, I always kind of knew I didn't want to do birth in the hospital. I knew I wanted to birth my own babies at home. Um, I knew that my values weren't super aligned with the way birth is intervened with inside of hospital settings. So I chose to, um, but I did enjoy taking care of the women and babies in postpartum and helping with breastfeeding. I shadowed a lactation consultant for several days. I just, you know, learned, I deepened my skills in mothering and that postpartum care for women and their babies, the mother baby dyad, because they need one another. And it's a, you know, a really important relationship that they stay together, even though our culture rips them apart way earlier than they should be. So, um, that is where I began like my real birth work. Although before that, like I said, I was a nanny and a um, babysitter. I was the first babysitter and nanny for many different babies. I had lots of moms who would call me with questions, even though they were the mom, they would call me and be like, Oh, my daughter's like standing up in her bed at night. Um, crying randomly, like what is going on? And, you know, that's often something that happens when you're like when they're starting to walk. And so I was someone that even before I had my own babies, mothers were seeking wisdom and information from me about, um, about their mothering experience with their babies. And so then later I sort of, okay, Actually, I'm going to tell this part first. So then after I did the postpartum work in the hospital, <clears throat> then I moved to a different um, city and I was in the emergency department for a while, which I really loved to, I loved getting gaining some of those skills. I also worked in the emergency department in the smaller hospital, but then I worked in a bigger hospital in emergency where you just see a huge spectrum of um of things that are really intense. And that's when I had my first pregnancies. My first pregnancy was a six week um, early birth. And then my next pregnancy ended in a, well, it was my, my daughter. She, when I was six months pregnant, I had chosen not to have an ultrasound. And then I had this kidney thing. And then I did choose to have an ultrasound only to find out that she did not have kidneys. So she would not be able to survive once she was born. I carried her as long as she was until she naturally chose to be birthed. And then I had a birth at home. She was breached. I birthed her in a birthing pool and she was alive when she was born and died moments later in my arms. So I have a whole podcast sharing some of those stories about her. If you want to, you know, check that one out. I'll try and maybe link some of these episodes below so that they're easier to access. Um, 
so my first like big experience with physiological and birth and being a mother was also another huge experience with death, which I was just like fucking universe. Like I thought that Bjorn's death was like my big death experience of my life. And yet here death, you know, came back around to me. So I'd had my first love died and then my first baby died. So after that, I chose to go into an area of medicine called palliative care. It's a more holistic um, model of care where it's mind, body, spirit. I had done my Reiki's one and two already. And during that time, I also got my Reiki master and I practiced Reiki with patients. Um, so in palliative care, it's people with life limiting conditions, but it can be alongside curative treatment. I was still very much like in the medical paradigm at that time. And yet I knew I was like leaning towards this different way of being. And I was sort of unraveling the medical system for myself um, and witnessing how in the hospitals, they say that the patient is first. And yet the whole setup of the hospital does not put the patient's needs um, first. I mean, especially with something as basic as nutrition, like the hospital doesn't provide nutritious food. It provides mostly um, prepackaged food, highly processed inorganic food to its patients, to the, to the people that they're serving. And, and as soon as you enter the medical system, they strip you of your name. You have an ID band, like some sort of animal. I mean, we are animals, but um, they put you in a lesser than position. And most providers speak down to people as though they know better than that person about their own body. And of course, we also put them in this position of power. And I'm not saying, of course, I love so many physicians and providers. And there are really good people in medicine. And I believe that's why most people go into medicine. But for me, it became like an untangling and unraveling of the medical system, especially this time in palliative care. So I worked a lot with people at their end of life. I worked with moms and babies, with babies that were at the end of their life and supporting the mothers and the babies and um, adults as well. So I witnessed many last breaths as I have also witnessed many, many first breaths. Even my first day on the job as a palliative care nurse, I was with a woman and held her hand as she took her last breaths my very first day. And I saw many, many more after that. So that is why I, you know, as I walked with these people through their grief and the family through the grieving of the death of their loved ones and the actual human who was in their physiological process of dying, I also walked alongside them and gave Reiki and care to them. So that is why my, I, my, my work is, you know, from womb to tomb, I work with women from womb to tomb, from baby to death, from birth to death. I work with women a lot in pregnancy, birth, and mothering. I also work with women in their grief, whether that's grief from a loss, 
of a baby or a family member or even their former selves when we transition from maiden to mother i feel like that's a huge it is a huge transformation you never return to that maiden self we're always moving forward we don't get our body back our body just continues to change just like we are always changing the world is always changing so um as we And I feel, what am I trying to say? So, I, and I feel like that's not spoken about enough, the period of matrescence, like adolescence, it can be very disorienting to a lot of people, especially because it's not um, shown and displayed very well in our, in our culture, in our media, in, um, in books, even in our conversations. I feel like there aren't enough conversations, which is part of what this podcast, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is normalize these experiences that we have that can be a huge range. Like, there can be so much anger and sadness and grief like in mothering and even when we want a, this baby so bad we can still like mourn the the maiden our maiden selves and it's okay to do that and it doesn't mean that you love your baby any less and i have through all of these experiences um found it really impactful to me I started using like ceremony and ritual within my own grief process through my life process as a way of honoring different parts of me and my life and also like sisters and women in my life and remembering that it can be so simple like ceremony and ritual can be so simple and yet so important and you don't have to have any specific tools to do it. I feel like um Pieces of nature can be some of the most impactful and beautiful ways of ritual and bringing it into our daily lives. And I also love um, co-creating, intentionally co-creating ritual and ceremony specific to a woman and what they want their experience to be. Um, so that is just another part, which I know I talked about a little bit already, but I just want to throw that thread in here as well. Um, it can also be really important for people when they're moving through grief or with grief because grief is there because love is there. So grief is an ebb and flow experience that is never ending, just like the unfolding and the growth of our lives. It continues on um, each day that we live. Uh, so I love to offer that, especially to women who have lost babies Um creating a sacred space and altar, creating altars um, and having ceremony around our babies is really, you know, so important and can really nourish our souls and heal some of those wounds and help the light to shine in those broken places. Hmm. So I guess one more thing I'd like to speak to is my nervous system work, my somatic experiencing and nervous system work that I began with Kimberly Ann Johnson a couple of, like almost three years ago now. I started working with her through her Jaguar program, through her mother circle, and I've even had the opportunity to learn from her in person as well as through her live courses and session work. So I know it can be it's maybe like hip right now or something like people are talking about trauma a lot more now, but some, hold on. Um, sorry, my husband is just back with the kids. And so he wanted, he was 
messaging me to make sure that I'm done. And of course, I'd be like, no, I'm not done. Not done yet. So yes, I've done this work with Kimberly with the nervous system. And I feel like this has been really impactful work for me. And so I've started also, of course, because I'm learning it, it's also coming through with the women that I work with and even just the women in my life and my husband and my kids. Um, These are beautiful, important, really impactful, transformative skills that I also share with the women that I work with in this sistership type way. Um, Learning to notice like your pendulation swings with your nervous system to recognize um, where like activation is happening, where maybe you're doing fight or flight or fawning and um for myself, like learning what healthy activation looks and feels like and building up my tolerance for that has also been a really important skill that I'm continuing to hone and learn. Of course, I feel like just work, you know, work like this is still like never ending and shifts and changes as we shift and change. So, um, that is another aspect that I bring to you in this work of sistership. And of course, as I continue to grow and learn from my mentors, I'm also mentoring with um, Danielle Serank. I just had an episode with her. She's um, an intuitive medium, an indigenous entrepreneur living in Squamish, BC. And I've learned from her over the last couple of years and I'm continuing to learn from her. So from her, I learn a lot about my intuition and things like that, which I also, I think I talked about a little bit earlier, but I share some of those practices and tools with you as well in the work that we do together. So let me bring this to a close once again. I'm going to erase that earlier close and insert this one. But um, thank you for joining me here. I am at this moment in time, um, offering this limited time offer as I'm trying to build my reviews on iTunes for this podcast or wherever you're leaving a review. If you leave me a review and send me a screenshot of it, I will gift you an intuitive um, psychic reading is maybe the best way I can put it. What I need from you is a screenshot of that review and then either a voice recording or a video recording of you introducing yourself to me, telling me your name, anything else you'd like to share and then spelling out your name for me. And then I will send back your unique special reading and it will be about 10 to 15 minutes of a voice message through email. Um, You can look on my mediumship page if you want to see how other people experience this type of um, reading. Of course, this is like a shorter version of what I offer there. But a lot of women just feel really held, seen, witnessed, more aligned. They feel like they have some more direction, um, inspiration. So yeah, take a look at those mediumship reviews if you want to see what this might be for you. My mediumship readings are $111 for a 30-minute reading. So this I'm offering you as a gift for your review. It doesn't, you know, your review can be positive, negative, whatever. I'm just asking you to review honestly, um, leave a rating and review for this podcast and I will gift you this reading. And so, you know, it's like a $50 value. So I hope that some of you choose that and 
remember that I also offer payment plans and um, and partial scholarships and I'm open to creative forms of reciprocity. So if you want to work with me, just, you know, send me an email and we'll hopefully be able to figure something out together. And I think that that's it for now. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And I will see you next time. Until then, be brave, be bold, be love, be you, and be the change that you wish to see for yourself and for the generations to come. Love, love, love.